Hello, how the tech are you? This is our weekly tech show on Echoplex Media. We talk about science and tech stuff, and we got news and just stuff we're, we're interested in. I'm historian Matt. I usually talk about tech news and science news. Today I have a little bit of tech news and a little bit of science news. So my uh, my first topic is the Tesla semi ships. So that's been a uh, you know people have been talking about that for a while, but it's finally out at least one version of it. And then my second topic, which may be a little bit more interesting, is certainly more funny, but uh, there now exists prescription poop. You heard that right, <laughs> prescription poop. So I'm going to have go over to HK to introduce himself. How's it going? I am HK Perrin, and uh, I'm a software engineer, so I usually cover software engineering news. Uh, this week, the software engineering news has been pretty quiet. Uh, there was a new version of TypeScript and a new version of Angular, but they weren't really uh, notable enough that I want, really want to cover them. So I'm just here to comment this week. And over you. Yeah, I'm producer Dave. I am the producer of this and every show on Echoplex Media. Um, and I have uh, two stories. I have uh, Facebook versus journalism and um, climate misinformation on the rise on Twitter. Sounds great. Fantastic. Take it away, Matt. All right. Let me get my notes back up that I just lost. Okay. So the Tesla semi ship, so the semi tractor trailer from Tesla. Uh, so after five years, it they finally Tesla started delivering it. They uh, introduced it, I think, back in 2017. They brought, I think, they brought it out on stage back then. But it's been five years before they actually got something that they can deliver. The first delivery will go to PepsiCo. So Pepsi, the parent company of Pepsi, will uh, be using them to uh, carry stuff around. I think. Since then, though, Tesla has been using them to move stuff between their big factories, so like the one in Fremont to the one in Nevada. Um, but some technical details, the, uh, it has a new charger type, and I think plug is, as well, but it can be charged at up to one megawatt, which is really high. It can actually be charged pretty fast. Well, considering you know its size, it does have a very big battery, and it still takes some time to charge. But with one megawatt, that's uh, it's pretty impressive. Uh, only Tesla's new supercharger can handle it, though. So uh, I think you can use it with other chargers, but only the supercharger is really fast enough, at, really at that that speed for charging it. Uh, not a whole lot is known about it, so we don't know how much the the semi itself weighs or how much it will cost or even how much it can haul. Um, and, or finally, you know, when Tesla will actually ramp up production and start creating these in, in large numbers. So people can start buying them. But what we do know is uh, Tesla did show a test run of the semi hauling uh, between, I think it was um, between it's Nevada and uh, Fremont factories. I'm not positive on that, but the, uh, it was carrying or, uh, well, it said it was 81,000 pounds, but that's not just the cargo, but that was the com combination weight of the truck and cargo. And it was able to move it for 500 miles, which is pretty good for an electric semi. So 
what do you guys think? Do you think it's going to be the, the future of moving goods and stuff across the U.S.? Uh, I don't know. It, it can charge a megawatt. So how long does it take to fully charge? Uh, I didn't have that in the article, but it's, you know, it seemed like you still had to wait for it, but you know, it, it would be, um, like 10 or 20 minutes. I don't know exactly. Yeah. I'm interested. How much power also does it chug through while it's driving? You know, what's the, it takes a lot of power. And again, they didn't say there, there was not a whole lot of details in that respect, like how much it's charging stuff. It was kind of surprising because they're already selling it to a big company. Yeah, I would assume, you know, if PepsiCo is buying it, then they've had to have done their research and figured out, like, whether it would be more profitable uh, to use this uh, instead of a gas semi. Or maybe they're buying it for specifically areas (laughs) where they can't have gas semis. Right, yeah. Uh, The big diesel diesel semis are pretty polluting, and there's definitely some places where uh, it's a big problem, like, in Southern California, I think like the, was it like the port of LA or something. There's a big problem with pollution there because of all the diesel trucks going in and out and it's, you know, they have a bit of a valley there. So it just kind of captures all of it and keeps all of that pollution in one place. And it's caused, causing a lot of problems with the surrounding uh, um, residents. And it sounded like as soon as there's enough electric trucks out there california is going to ban diesels at least in that area uh, which makes a lot of sense uh, but yeah. it's we're just not really at that part at uh, that point in time the tesla semi is out finally and it's you know they're they're not they haven't ramped up production but some companies are buying it but there are apparently some other semi uh trucks that you can buy that are fully electric as well yeah. So this um, this this test I'm, that they did before this is I'm going to assume under ideal conditions, right? So this eighty one thousand pounds for five hundred miles on a single charge. I bet they weren't going uphill. Um, well, I don't know because it they did show it in California. I think it was from Fremont to Nevada, which would be uh, a pretty hilly drive. Um, hmm. But it may have been to L.A. I don't know. It's there. I'm pretty sure it was started in Fremont anyways, but yeah, I think they went through some mountains. It wasn't totally flat, hmm. but remember like as long as they can get up the the mountain, they're going to re- recharge their battery on the way down. It does have regenerative braking. And apparently uh, at least Elon Musk claimed that the uh, regenerative braking are, is pretty aggressive and he claims that you wouldn't have to ever replace the brake pads. I'm I'm pretty sure that's false, but did he also <laughs> I can understand did he also that it's claim, used more? Did he also claim greater than a hundred percent efficiency? Uh, I don't know. Apparently, there's some questions about the uh, aerodynamics of the truck because uh, they they claim aerodynamics that are pretty close to like a Bugatti, you know. <laughs> uh, and a lot of other truck operators don't think that's possible. So we'll see. It does look pretty sleek, but you know, from what I understand about aerodynamics, it's like the front part of a vehicle is not nearly as important as the back part because the back is where you have all the drag. Um, but 
I don't know. I'm not a, a you know, mechanical engineer or anything. <laughs> Aerodynamics yeah. engineer. I will tell you the thing looks ugly. It looks, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks terrible. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it looks about as ugly to me as most other trucks. Yeah, I was going to say, there aren't a whole lot of really good-looking semi-trucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other thing with, you know, Pepsi just got one. We don't even know if they bought it. Was it given? Like, we don't know. Like, did they have an agreement to get the first one because it was, like, a cool thing? And that's why they have the first one? You know, there could be any number of reasons why they have it. They don't necessarily have to think it's, you know, that they're going to replace any significant part of their fleet with it. They must have just an unreasonable amount of they, an unreal amount of trucks. So like yeah. just one of these things probably doesn't make any difference to them actually. Like even if it's a giant piece of crap, like, like you know what I'm saying? It doesn't really, well, it's not going to hurt their bottom line really to buy this truck. Yeah. And with how many routes they have, I'm sure they could put it on a route that it makes sense. Yeah. No matter what. Well, it's, I was uh, going to say the, uh, I think PepsiCo had pre-ordered like a hundred of them. Uh, which I'm sure they have thousands of routes, so it's not like that's a huge amount, but it's a good, you know, a good number of purchases from Tesla, and that's probably why they got one of the first ones. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the steering wheel could be fall off. a good thing. It's good that we're getting away from diesel, but we'll see if uh, Tesla's claims hold up. All right. Since I find my mouse, I'll go on to the next one. So this was a funny one, uh, short, short uh, uh, topic here. But uh, for the first time, the USDA granted approval for a feces-based microbial treatment. Uh, and I don't know if you've heard about this stuff before, but it's a treatment for, um, hopefully I'll be able to pronounce this correctly, but uh, clostridized uh, difficile or C. diff as it's more commonly referred to and it's a problem that, that a lot of people have where they're um, they basically have intestinal problems and it has to do with their gut bacteria basically being out of whack it's not entirely clear what the issue is they know that there's like a certain bacteria that I think is overgrown in that case uh, and it's causing problems and they know that, um, using, uh, basically <laughs> getting implants of other people's poop <laughs> basically will uh, fix it. So it restores the microbial communities in people's intestines. So this particular product is, uh, Rebiata, Rebiata, I think it's pronounced. I don't know. It was written. Anyways, it's basically a, a blend of stool saline and a laxative solution i'm not sure why there's a laxative in there but it's given in a single treatment as an enema um and it's from uh, a donor stool that was heavily screened for other path pathogens so it should be fully safe and uh looks like it's going to be helpful so what do you guys think about that uh crazy treatment it's not new uh Good on the poop smiths for <laughs> for figuring that out. Uh, like, I think it's awesome. Yeah, these kind of these, uh, these kind of transplants aren't new. It's just that maybe that this particular this particular treatment or whatever they're doing is new. Well, I think the big the big deal is it's FDA or not FDA. Um, 
what is it? Uh, USDA approved. <laughs> um, USDA, USDA choice poop. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, drug administration. Anyways, yeah. So it's it's the first approval from government, uh, U.S. government, um, sort uh, uh, agency. Like, uh, I understand that, like, it sounds really gross, you know, like yeah. the fecal, the whole idea of a fecal transplant sounds really gross, but, uh, you know, if you're suffering with, you know, chronic diarrhea or some other symptom like that, and this can help you, that's awesome. You know, yeah. even if it sounds gross, it's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. C. diff is a, a pretty bad, uh, um, disease to have i actually had a couple two different friends that that had it uh and had a lot of problems and one of them uh i think he ended up doing this treatment um you know it's not 100 percent approved but you can find places that will do it basically oh well, now it's 100 percent approved with this particular company mm-hmm. uh and it, it kind of saved him because the other option he had before trying it was uh they were going to remove a good amount of his large intestine uh, to fix it, which would have been, you know, a huge problem. But the treatment that he, he got otherwise, uh, the donor stool worked pretty well, uh, it seems. So he's, he hasn't had yeah. a problem since. So uh, good on them. I was kind of surprised. I thought they would, it would not get any kind of, uh, you know, acceptance from any government agencies until they figured out exactly what microbes were the, you know, the important ones, you know, uh, to trans transplant. But, uh, I guess they got, they didn't have to do that. Hopefully in the future, we'll figure out what those good microbes are. Yeah. There's just apparently like millions of different kinds. So it's really hard to, <laughs> to filter out and figure out which ones are the good ones. Yep, there's a lot of bugs in your poop. We got to figure yeah. out which bugs are the good ones so we can. Yeah, most of them seem to take be take them out good. of other people's just, poop and put them into your poop. Yeah, they most of them are either good or at least not bad, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's all I got. Well, it looks like it's on to me here. Um, first we got Facebook threatens to ban news in the U.S. over journalism. Bill, this is. Something similar happened in Australia. It was kind of a big deal. What this, uh, the Journalism Competition Preservation Act, it would basically allow um, news outlets to negotiate with Facebook and Twitter about the terms of having their content on these social media sites. And Facebook Meta's response to it is, well, we're actually doing a service for these news agencies by... uh, spreading their news articles around and this is new there's not a lot uh, on it yet and i haven't didn't get a chance to read the act itself but i think it's going to go nowhere i think that i think it's going to go nowhere i don't think anybody's i don't think it's going to be put into law but i will say that if uh facebook and twitter were forced to stop being news aggregators that wouldn't be the worst thing we ever saw happen <laughs> yeah i heard facebook has also threatened to house the homeless uh <laughs> and plant trees and feed the hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh cool. Could you please ban news on your platform Facebook? <laughs> right. Like that's <laughs> one of the biggest problems with it. Yeah. <laughs> right. If people um, if people were just on there arguing about something else, that would be much better. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm kind of iffy on this. Not that Facebook should ban news. They really should because the news on Facebook is always really bad. But um, the idea that somebody who's just posting links to articles and, you know, having like the headline and a small blurb maybe under it, not like the whole article, like they should they really be paying for that sort of stuff? Uh, I'm not sure about that, especially if they're linking to the, the original article. But I know this is like a whole thing that happened with Google. Uh, I think Europe did something like this and I guess it all worked out, but I thought it actually passed in Europe um, before Australia. I think it was some, I think it was search though, specifically yeah. for search, not okay. on yeah. like social media, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. And I think, I the, problem, I think the problem there yeah. was that Google was basically stealing part of the article and putting it on, on their, on your search results. And yeah. And that was not, people didn't like that. They were like, well, you're, well, you're just stealing our article and like calling right. your search result. And I, I right, tend to I, agree and, that that's bad. So they were, they they're having like a little blurb, like I said, that uh, Google was stealing a blurb of it to put on there, which I kind of feel is kind of iffy, except like, you know, if the blurb basically has all the article in it, you know, then it's, yeah, it's definitely stealing. Um, but uh, they, I, they worked it out because as far as I know, you can still search for stuff and in Europe and you'll get articles. Yep. So my next story is, of course, more Twitter news. Um, it's just that climate change misinformation is on the upswing on Twitter in, uh, 2022, not just after, um, Elron, I'm sorry, Elon, uh, took over the, the, the service, but it was just kind of on the upswing anyway. And I think that it might be, you know, part of like larger trends with misinformation. And I think that maybe as the, as more people got radicalized and, contrarianism for its own sake became much more common among the we'll call them the uh i don't know the heterodox as they call themselves that you know it became easier to kind of sneak climate change denial in there we're seeing climate change denial from some of the people we talk about on the intellectual dollar tree and it's it's just kind of coming back i guess maybe it never went away and it's and we're just noticing it again but uh i think it's quite bad I don't think that <clears throat> I don't think the platforms can stop it, but it's it's bad to see that it's on the upswing, especially with you know the 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 projections getting worse and worse and worse and worse for the future as time goes on. I don't know what do you what do you two what do you two think about this? Uh, Twitter is a cesspool. <laughs> it, Agreed. It was a light cesspool before. Now it's a heavy cesspool. Yeah, and I don't think Facebook does very much to tamp it down either, but the thing is, like, Facebook isn't where the journalists and wannabe journalists hang out. Those people hang out on Twitter. Yeah. And the very, know, I, the very, very online people hang out on Twitter. Those who yeah, haven't moved this, over to Mastodon. <laughs> um, uh I'm I'm very sad to see what's happening to Twitter, but I think it ultimately will be a good thing if Twitter ceases to exist, or at least ceases to exist in any meaningful form. Yeah, uh, because it's it's bad to have a a single company with that much control. You know, right? right. And 
they don't have that many di- daily active users, but that's where all the journalists and celebrities hang out. And so it's like much more, it like punches over its weight as far as influence goes versus mm-hmm. it's like daily active user number. And they generate a lot of the content that's shared around the internet. You know, a lot of, a lot of tweets appear on Reddit and Facebook and other sites, uh, you know, a lot more than like say Facebook posts. Yeah. Not for nothing on the news. You see it. Yep. Like on just regular news, you'll see stuff that's going on on Twitter. Yeah, this is bad. Um, but I don't, you know, there's nothing, you know, it's really funny because, uh, Elon Musk claims to be this climate change guy. Right. But this is the last thing he's ever going to do anything about, you know, he claims that he, his main, his main interest in electric cars, or at least for a long time, his claim was that it was to battle climate change. I haven't heard a lot of that uh, from him lately uh, now that I think about it. Yeah, I think uh, pretty clearly it's always about money with him. Right. And, and of course, ego. Like who's Yeah, it's very fragile ego. Like who's clapping back at him and, and how can he put a stop to it? <laughs> yeah, I just thought this was bad news, but I don't think, like I said, there's just nothing. There's nothing you can do. Anything. We're not going to be able to do anything about it. There's no point in arguing yeah. with climate change denialists. I think a lot of the people posting that stuff know that it's false. They just don't want to change their lifestyle. And so they think that maybe if they run around pretending that the, uh, that it's not happening, that they can like tell themselves that they don't need to change their own behavior. But uh, on the other hand, it's not like your or my behavior. That's going to solve this. It's going to be decisive action by governments acting in coordination with one another. And that's certainly not on the, certainly not on the horizon that I see. Yeah, I mean we we're making slight progress in the right direction, but not nearly enough. And we <laughs> say slight progress, but uh, actually we're still burning more coal and more oil every year, uh, including the uh, this past year. Um, so slightly less unprogress is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're, it's like sl- the, the is the rate of increase slowing? Is that what we mean? Maybe when we say progress, yes, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Um, although, uh, uh, for some strange re- reason, 2020, we did quite well and, and actually reversed a lot of, uh, <laughs> oil and gas use for some, for some strange reason. Yeah. Uh, if so, only it would be possible to know what, what sort of thing was going on that year. Yeah. Could have led to that. We'll, we'll never know. <laughs> the news ain't great. The tech news ain't great, but I don't know. At least, um. At least somebody can get a poop transplant if they need it, I suppose. That's right. <laughs> they need it. Yep. Well, yeah, the poop news this week was great, but uh, all the other news was, was <laughs> much news more was shitty, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you didn't have a segment, HK, you get to read the show out this week. All right. Thank you for tuning in. This is our tech show, How the Tech Are You? We try to put this show out every Wednesday. And if you're catching it on Wednesday, be sure to check us out on twitch.tv slash Media for Intellectual Dollar Tree. We have a Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we also have some other shows you can find on echoplexmedia.com. And we have a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash echoplex. So if you'd like to give us some money to support what we're doing, uh, you can do that there. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.